All right, Into the Triangle Podcast, episode 49, the Tim Wakefield episode, as always, presented by Couch Guy Sports. Check out everything on couchguysports.com, the blogs, podcasts, the YouTube channel, the Twitch channel, everything else in between. No Jared tonight. He is the best man at his friend's uh, rehearsal party, so he couldn't be a part of it. Totally understand. Life gets in the way. Uh, Alan Hegan here, along with Zach Jesiero. Zach, what's going on? What's up, Al? How you doing? I'm good. It's a Thursday night. Got one more day of school, and then I'm out for the summer, so I'm looking forward to that, counting down the hours. We don't have Jared as our third today. We do have a third on with us tonight, however. If you've seen him around the Couch Guy Sports community, he is a part of the Small State Big Takes podcast, the number one podcast in Rhode Island, along with the number one college sports podcast in the world, Verbally Committed Podcast. It is Mike Gilligan. Gilly, good to have you finally on an episode. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited Gilly, to Gilly. talk some socks. Yeah, let's do it. So, funny story actually about Small State Big Takes. They actually started because of a Red Sox topic about whether or not Dustin Pedroia should be still be playing. Is that correct, Gilly? That is correct. We were split out of our, our group of four, two and two. Where two of us, myself and Oliver Martell, were Pedroia rider dies who who just does, thought he deserved. And again, this is like four years ago at this point. So it has been a while. This isn't like current Dustin Pedroia. It was a little before he truly was like his body had totally abandoned him. Um, but yeah, so that was how it started in terms of uh, if he should just be transitioned to just like a player coach. That was one of the suggestions. Utility player was another one. Uh, I, I think Steve wanted him at first base for some reason, which always that never made sense to me to have a like a what five five nine on paper, probably five eight in real life. If if that um, first baseman, that's a small target for uh for your, your third baseman to hit on a, a liner. <laughs> yeah, the Steve Scott take about him playing first base. Uh, I think he was mostly yeah. joking, but still, but still. It was but, like, what? But, but we know Steve Scott on this network. Everyone knows Steve Scott. When he has an idea, he throws it out there. Sometimes you got to roll your eyes and be like, huh? Sound like me. No, no, Zachary, Zachary, Zachary. If only you knew. If only you knew. But we're not here to talk about Steve Scott. But there is one thing I want to talk about before we get into some Red Sox topics. So usually we get on this podcast and we will we'll like, you know, have some fun, just talk about life and everything. Zach texts me and he goes, Hey, can you come on at 7:45? Then he changes it. He's like, Can you come on at 7:50? So I got done what I needed to. I'm like, oh, I can come on at 7:45. Yeah, no problem. He still comes on at 7:50. Gilly, you want to take a guess as to why he came on five minutes late? No, I have no idea. He was Dinner? eating a, he was eating a cookie. A cookie? Literally a cookie. And I was like, how big is this cookie? Zach, if you want to like demonstrate, no, not demonstrate because we're on video, but everyone's going to hear this. <laughs> but Zach, if you want to like give the people a vision of how big this cookie is, it might So help. it's probably like the size of this thing right here. For those, I know the audience can't see it. It's like a headphone case and it's a pretty good size. That's a big cookie, dude. Yeah. What? So my dad, <laughs> like it's big. He gets in front of this food truck and Every week we're like, I'm running low on cookies. Can you get some more? So literally, he will like stop the lady who drives the truck just to give me more of those big cookies. Like I'm, t- they're they're huge. They're not like the normal size cookie that we all. They're like a really big circle. They are. So if you want a visual, people that are listening to this uh, podcast or just something to listen to, it's like a, the size of a frisbee. I would say that's a very fair assessment. Just a little bit smaller, but yeah. But very close. Very yeah. close in size. Okay. So, I, I, so- and I couldn't eat it because I was just so full. So I'm like, oh, I have to do this. Hey, how are you feeling? Are you just like. <laughs> he, he might have to go to the bathroom again before we're done with this episode. I, I feel like Santa Claus on Christmas Eve. 
anyways, we're, we're not going to get into that because then we're going to get into boss man and everything else. And Zach's going to wear the shades and we don't need that. This episode. No, they're upstairs. I'm downstairs. Good, 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 good. We don't need that. If you want that episode, go back and listen like a few weeks ago. I think it was even a month ago that happened. That was still bizarre. What's not bizarre. Boss, what's not bizarre is the fact that there's a ton of Red Sox topics to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about Salamora. There might be some injury concerns that are going on. Chris Sale is in the news again. The Red Sox can't seem to beat the Astros. There might even be some trade topics that we talk about, some targets in between there. Mike Gilligan, you are our guest, so we like to be courteous to our guests. What would you like to talk about first? Um, you know what? Let's talk sale. I'm curious on, in terms of what you guys think, in terms of what we're going to want from sale and what, what's safe to expect and whatnot. So I don't know. We've got some good news. Boogeyman could be could return as they uh they're hyping him up what do you guys think about that he's back no <laughs> but chris sale so the other day chris sale came out and he told reporters that he wants to get back on the mound and if it was his decision he'd be back on the mound today he said he'll do whatever it takes he's, he'll pitch out of the bullpen he'll be a starter whatever the red sox need him and this is the thing that's what i love about chris sale and that's what i've loved about chris sale since day one he has been a guy that's been a team first guy. He wants to be with his teammates. He wants to be competing on the mound. The guy's a competitor. He wouldn't be cutting up jerseys otherwise if he didn't want to compete. So for me, it's a great sign. However, I think the idea of the bullpen is not a terrible idea to start because you want to obviously build up the arm strength back and get it. So that way, maybe down the stretch in September, if you're chasing a playoff spot, chasing even – dare I say the ALEs pennant, then maybe you strengthen your rotation that much more and you can send a guy like Nick Pavetta to be a long-term reliever. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that's an option. You can send a guy like maybe Martin Perez, maybe Nathan Eovaldi, you know, maybe you bring up Tanner Houck. There's, there's a lot of options if Sale comes back, but having Sale back in some capacity, I think it's great. And I think he needs to be back up sooner rather than later. So get him up there, build that arm strength back up, and make him a vital part of this team because you could use him right now. It's Chris Sale. Let's face it. You need him back in that rotation. Zach, I want to go to you, then I'll go to Gilly next. Um, I'm really happy that he said what he said the other day. Like, okay, he's – I was like – I really don't – I'm not a doctor. I don't know that much about Tommy John, but I know it's a long process for a player, especially when you have multiple Tommy Johns. So to hear what he said the other day, I'm really happy. Um. As for the bullpen, you know what? Like, if you had told me this earlier on in the year, I would like, oh, I mean, because let's face it, we didn't know about a bullpen or a starting rotation this year. So, but you know what? The starting rotation has been pretty solid, and so is the bullpen. And now we're going to be talking about Sal Moore in a little bit, but with him going down with injury, it might be a good time for him to get in the bullpen. And like you said, Al, it will help him build his strength back up. But, um, I'm excited. I'm hopefully it's going to be sooner or later, but yeah, I'm I'm happy he's going to be back really soon. Mr. Gilligan. So I am, I am curious in terms of, I'm, I'm trying to look it up right now. I don't really see much in terms of like what his actual velocity has looked like. I don't think he's probably hasn't really been clocked yet or at least not public knowledge. So that, that would be my biggest concern and question, right? Of like, is he, is he still in that what 92, 93 range of this fastball? Right. That'd be a little alarming if he can get it up to 95, even like I'd be content with that. It's not like he needs to hit triple digits. He's not, he's not 24 anymore or however old he was when he was doing that. But, um, but kind of interesting in terms of the bullpen, especially consider it too. 
What does this bullpen need? A lefty stud would be awesome. Darwin's and Hernandez seems a little far away from being the guy that I think we want him to be, um, which is fine. He's still young. But if Chris Sale can kind of be that that fireman role that like Andrew Miller kind of uh, really um, uh, became a couple years ago, it was like maybe it's probably not a couple years ago. I'm just getting old now. It's probably like five years ago at this point. Um, but still, that that type of role where it's like, man, this guy just eats innings. He can go two innings. He can close. He can do whatever. Eat at the the heart of your lineup. I think that would be a great complimentary piece to Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes has been a great, had a great season. I still don't know how I trust I trust him. So that's why, like having a guy like Chris Sale as like a, a little one-two, where it's like you just play matchups. I think that that would be awesome and a good way for Alex Cora to uh, to kind of have multiple options at the back end of the bullpen potentially. See, I like I like that idea. I really do. And that's a good point that you bring up, Gilly. There is no certified lefty that you trust to come into the game late in the ball game because Darlington Hernandez has great stuff, great fastball. But guess what? He's wild as can be. He does yeah. not throw strikes. It's either he's on and he's striking guys out left and right, or he's way off and he's walking the whole ballpark. There's literally no in between. Zach, you look like you wanted to get a point across. Go ahead, bud. Oh, I don't have anything to say. Oh, okay. You just had that look because, like, with you, you just, like, your hands perk up. So I'm like, I want to make sure you get your time in. And that's 100% legit. Like, you look like you wanted to say something. So I'm like, all right, let's see what we can do here. But, okay. But you need sales in some capacity. And I think all three of us can agree a team with Chris Sale on it is better than a team without Chris Sale on it. Even if Chris Sale's not 100%, even if he's 80 to 85, even 90%. Like that's a Chris sale that you want. And he's better from 80 to 90% than a lot of these pitchers at hundred percent. Like give me Chris sale on the mound right now. I don't care if it sounds like we're, you know, riding on him and stuff. He's a guy that you could, that any team could use. You think a team like the Mets would use him? Absolutely. You think a team like the Yankees could use him after having Garrett Cole? Of course. Chris sale helps any ball club. He's a part of the Red Sox. He wants to be a part of the ride. He wants to be part of this playoff push because he knows how terrible 2019-2020 were. Get him back any way possible. I do have something I want to say now, though. There's that hand. <laughs> go, ahead, go, go, go ahead, Zach. Well, like, even, like, going out – I'm not sure if we do play the Astros again this year, but I know – again, I know we'll get to them a little bit as well, but – you're going to need him against these good teams coming down the stretch here, especially if you make the postseason. You're going to be facing the Astros in the postseason most likely, depending on how it, how it stands out here or going down the road here. You're going to be facing the Rays, maybe the Yankees. We don't know what's going to happen. It's a, We still have a long way to go before the playoffs, but I'm just saying, like, you're going to need a proven player like Sale going down the road here because we're, like, we're still in a good position to win this division. Right now, we're only a half game or one and a half games back of the race. So, I feel like if you insert sale going down the road, I think you're in good shape. Especially the bullpen keeps on doing what they're doing. And plus, I know he's just going back, so he's not going to give you six or seven innings. Not yet, at least. But if you can get at least like four or five innings out of this guy, you're in good shape, I feel. Fair enough. Any final thoughts before we move on to the next topic? All right. Fair enough. With the pitching, we'll stick with the pitching topic. Um, Hirokazu, is that how you say it? Is that how you say his first name? Hirokazu? I say Salamora. I just say his last name. Uh, okay. I think it's Hirokazu Sal- Salamora. Sounds about right. So, so Salamora 
here's the thing with Salamora. It looks like he's going to be on the IL potentially. We don't know. Chris Cotillo came out and said that he's dealing with right hip soreness. He's not going to be pitching at any point soon, and he could be on the IL. So here's the thing. Salamora, I think we saw his best performance against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. Two innings, five strikeouts. He had everything working. The fastball was working. The splitter was working. His off-speed was working. Everything was working for Salamora. And then, uh-oh, minor injury. But if it's going to IL, that's going to be at least maybe a week to 10 days. It's not good. Are you guys concerned at all? Because I'm going to be honest, I'm a little bit concerned. Let's go to Gilly and then Zach. Yeah, I, I, I am concerned. I, I Part of it is a hesitance to really trust a lot of these guys in the bullpen, in all honesty, even from uh, top to bottom. I, I, I hate to say it. I love, you know what, Matt Barnes, good for him for kind of reclaiming his career after kind of being the piece that the Red Sox held on to instead of trading for, I feel like it was Cole Hamels, that he was like really rumored to be like the, the starting pitching prospect that could have been shopped and they held on to him instead. He's, he's made a name for himself, and he's probably going to get paid decently well after the season he's having here. As like a bona fide closer, I don't know much I trust him. Adam Adovino has had his issues all year. Um, we already mentioned Darwinson, Hernandez, um, even like Josh Taylor. Workman's back, but like how much can you really trust him in high-leverage situations? I don't think he's ready for that yet. I like Whitlock and what we've seen from him. Still kind of a mystery. A lot of questions in the bullpen. So losing Sauer for an extended period of time could be a real problem and something that I think, honestly – Bloom might have to go to the trade market to really fill in the gaps and replace a guy like, I don't know, Josh Taylor, even a Andreezy hasn't really, I, I, I'd have to look deeper into his stats. I really haven't been too, too impressed with what he's really shown us thus far. Right. I, I, maybe that's not really that fair. I guess he's been okay, but still knocking on the door of a five ERA. That's not what you want. Any part of your bullpen. So yeah, I'm, I'm concerned. That's the, the gist of it. <laughs> Yeah, I can tell there's a lot of concern in your voice, Gilly. I can see it in your eyes, too. And they're not angry. I was trying to make a reference to Drake there. But anyways, oh. I can see it in your eyes. You're angry. That was Zach, beautiful. Go ahead. Holy that crap. Was cool. That was amazing. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. you there should be a that. whole segment of Al just singing on all oh these God. podcasts. Oh, I, was so subscribed. I was so subscribed to that crap. No, actually, it's funny you mentioned that before Zach goes. In my school today, so I've said it before, I'm a school teacher, and one of the teachers did like trivia for me. And it's one of the questions was, Does Mr. Nahigian, because that's my last name, Nahigian, would Mr. Nahigian prefer dancing or singing? Oh, heck yeah. That was one of the questions. I'm like, I would prefer singing. Can we see so both? That's, that's why. Uh, Zach, go ahead with your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All righty then. Um, no, um, I am concerned too about Salmora. He's been one of our best relievers all season long. Um, Ivino is starting, hopefully, knock on wood, starting to get find his game again. Thank you, Al. Um, Willock, like I'm pretty much like piggybacking of what Gilly here said. Um, Willock has been pretty solid. Andrees has been a little iffy. Um, I mean, Barnes really had two struggling games. That was against the Angels and Yankees, but he's been pretty solid other than uh, by all comes some slack. He did he did pitch three games three days in a row, so that could just be fatigue there for Barnesy. Um, yeah, but I am concerned about Salamora, especially since we don't really have anyone else in AAA. I can't think of anyone in AAA that's a good relief. And I know they, they brought that guy, and Valdez is there too now, I think. 
they they sent I'm not sure if you guys saw that today, but they sent him down to Worcester and they brought up some guy I've never heard of. So it's definitely concerning for me that Salmore is out. It's scary. It's even more concerned that we don't know how long he's going to be out for. Gilly, do you want to tell him or do you want me to tell him? He knows. That's the thing. I don't. I don't want to correct him because I, I listen to your podcast. I, I know it's it's been a thing. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to come at poor Zach over here. He doesn't. He doesn't have the the New England accent to to, to really uh really sell Worcester. So I can't. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't knock him. I can't <laughs> knock him. I already had that experience last week. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, exactly, exactly. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. I'm pile just it gonna up. say woo socks from now on. Just say woo socks. It's you, but here's the thing. You said that last week too. Yeah, but you know what? There's a first mistake for everything. Here's but the take. It, but they this is your second pronounce time. Rochester as Rasta. Can you imagine if they pronounce Rochester as Rasta? That'd oh, be cool. Goodness. That, <laughs> you know what, New Englanders, if you're listening, you should do that. Just start pronouncing Rochester as Rasta. And just see what happens. See what New Yorkers do. <laughs> uh, like, what the heck are you saying? <laughs> like All a right. roster, like put the players on that kind of roster. Yeah, but pronounce it as Rochester. Like if you treated Worcester kind of like Rochester, I know there's a nation there, so it's a little different. But still, I'm trying to. <laughs> All right. Take over. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, you're out number two to one again for New England people, Zach. Just, just I'm saying. always out number when it comes to couch guys sports. <laughs> what can I say? You got to listen. You got to defend your turf. I understand it. I totally. I'm the lone it. Buffalo boy. It's all good. You are. But we're going to move on. So we've talked about the pitching. So to recap, all want Chris Sale back in some capacity. All concerned about Sal Moore. Cool. Cool. Okay. Before we get into the next topic, we have never done this on Into the Triangle before. This is brand new, but we have an ad read. We have a nice little ad read. That's right. The Into the Triangle podcast is brought to you by Exogun. Let me ask you guys something. Gilly, you seem like the working out type, and Zach, you do too. Yep. Have you ever done a workout and feel like you need a massage right after? Yes, definitely. Well, you can get that massage without even leaving your house. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down because Exogun is here, guys. And Exogun revives muscle, it boosts circulation, and it releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. Take it wherever you need it. Take it to work, take it to the gym, take it to the trail, and put the power of percussion massage treatment in your hands. It's portable, adjustable, and powerful. And Exogun is trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in recovery. Again, use it on percussion therapy. Gilly, do you know what percussion therapy is? Um, I have an idea. I'm, I'm a fan of drums, but you tell me more. I'd love to know. Well, for those that don't know about percussion therapy, I'm going to educate you right now. Percussion therapy boosts muscle function and recovery by penetrating deep into the muscle tissue with a series of rapid concentrated pulsating strokes. It helps you gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with Exogun. Before I get into the sweetener part, I have actually one right here. Take a look at this thing. Take a look at this craftsmanship. It's like John Wick, like in a cartoon movie. Take a look at this. You turn you turn it on. You just make sure that it turns on. And then you click the power button. You get your levels. It starts to go. You put it right in your skin. Put it right in your shoulder, just like that. Boom. Gives you a nice little massage. You can up the ante. You can up the power. And you can get just as good of a massage as you need. But here's the kicker. Okay. Here's where it gets interesting. Everybody ready for this? Hit me. You can get 10% off with the code CGS10 at checkout. And the Exogun comes with a charger 
and carrying case to make sure that you have everything you need when you need to bring it with you. Go get your exogun today and treat yourself to a massage at any moment's notice with the code CGS10. My God, Al, that was well done. They need you on Nesson now to do like all the promos now. I just, I don't know what it is about promo codes and like ad reads and stuff, but I just like, I get into it. That's, that's the whole thing. Fun fact, Mark Bertrand did give me an A for my ad read. That's a, that's a very fun fact. That's high praise. That is. I like it. That's cool. He, could, he couldn't believe it. He could, I, I got to tell you, Zach, the, uh, the Bob Sosi story at some point off air, but we're not going to talk about that now. Now what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the Red Sox in a general sense. So the Red Sox are currently playing the Houston Astros They're in the third game of their series as we're recording on Thursday, June 10th. Yeah, Thursday, June 10th. The Red Sox are up four to three in the top of the fourth inning. Here we go. But overall, the Red Sox have struggled against the Astros. They're one and four so far in their five games that they've played. It's been back and forth. And I was taking a look at the Houston lineup, and I know that we make the jokes about, you know, well, I shouldn't even say jokes, but the Astros cheated. They're still using the trash cans, you know, blah, 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 all this stuff. So the thing is, right, I just don't get how the Red Sox can be considered this good if they're not taking care of business and at least being 500 against a quality team like the Astros, you saw what they did to the Yankees. They took care of the Yankees. No problem. You've seen some of these other matchups, like with the Rays early on in the season, they swept them. You know, I'm not saying there has to be a sweep every series, but at least split the series or take two out of three or three out of four, you know, or if you have a two game series, split it and win a game. You have to prove that you can compete against these teams. Cause guess what? If you're going to be a playoff team, if the MLB playoffs ended today, the Red Sox will be playing the Astros in the first round, and oh, I don't God. like that matchup at all. I hate that matchup. Any other matchup, give me the White Sox. Give me the Rays. Give me the eight-seed Yankees. Give me any of those other teams, but the Astros are the one team that I'm concerned about. They just seem to have the Red Sox number. So this raises the question that I want to ask you two. Are you concerned with the fact that maybe the Red Sox aren't as good because they as good as we think they are because they can't take care of business against an elite-level team like the Astros? Open for discussion. I'll just say that I'm a little concerned about the Sox, but the Astros are still a good team. Like, yeah, like I said, you can say what you want about them, like the Gene scale and all that. But let's not forget, like last year in the playoffs, they were, they were what? They, then they lose losing like in the divisional series, something like that, to the race, right? Or was that, or was that the ALC? No, that was the ALCS. Wait. Who are you talking? Who are you talking, Zach? The Astros. Who did they? They lost the ALCS. ALCS. Like, the wasn't Oakland better than last year? Oakland was. They were supposed to be better, and they regular season they were, but then the playoffs they just do what they always do in charge. True, but you're I right do. in terms of standings though, because the Astros were a wild card team. I'm almost certain because I yeah. think they like it was like they weren't gonna make it, and that would have been wild, especially like that being like the um, the season everyone hated them the most, but then they ended up sneaking into the playoffs. But they're still a good team. Um, I know they struggled mightily when it, I think when the season started, they were like under 500, I think, something like that. But, um, but for the Sox, yeah, it's a little bit concerned that you can't beat these high power teams. I mean, you can beat the Blue Jays, we already saw them sweep the Yankees, they did pretty good against the Braves. I know the Braves are still like trying to find their game and all that, but still a good team. Um, they split the series with the White Sox, right. 
Yeah, they split. Yeah, yeah. We we haven't played the Rays yet, so we don't want to see what we're going to result in. They, they beat the Angels when the Angels started off hot. Yeah. So like, so they're proven that they can beat these teams, but it just seems like in sports sometimes there's just that one team you just can't figure out how to beat. And so far, that's looking like the Astros for the Red Sox in this 2021 season. I will say like it could just because like the like you're playing so much, but we all I also forgot that we played them four and we still struggled against them. And we just we won one game. And if everything goes well right now, we'll also won one game again or we're gonna get swapped. So yeah, it is a little concerning for sure. Gilly, you want to throw any extra thoughts in? Um, sure. So it is, it's tough, especially the, the thing that scares me the most in all honesty is the Astros team is just so deep. And even like, if you look at each, like the guys in their lineup, their stats, nothing's really eye popping where it's like, Oh man, it's not like someone's having like a Vlad junior season where it's like, Oh, well shoot. He's got 18, 17 home runs or whatever it is. He's batting 300. No wonder they're going to be like tearing the cover off a ball as a lineup. They, they have some guys that are hitting the ball pretty well in terms of, like, high average, but not, like, they're just even across the board where they have, like, four or five guys that have around 10, 11 home runs. Nothing too crazy, but deep enough where you're like, well, shoot, even if one guy cools off, uh, you kind of have – you have Altuve to pick up the slack. Actually, he's gotten hot lately. He's yes. been a little bit of a problem. Mm-hmm. Correa, even, is he's been fine. Bregman had a slow start to the season, but I didn't even realize this. He's batting pretty much 300, so – even if his power isn't really all there right now, he's only got seven home runs on the year. He's kind of making up for it by just hitting for average. Brantley and Guriel are above 300. So the, the, the lineup is what scares me there. I'm, I'm not as concerned with the rotation. I think with McCullers, I, I like McCullers as like a number two, number three for the Astros. He's hurt right now. And I don't, he's just always so injury prone, which I, I feel bad for the guy. Cause I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, but with no Verlander this season behind Granky, they have a lot of question marks. You have uh, just overperformances overperformers, I should say, left and right. So that's why I'm not too concerned at a playoff series. I feel like we could get to them, um, especially to hopefully our rotation really takes form uh, by the end of the year. Maybe we do get sale back in the rotation. So we do have a true number one that can really anchor things rather than right now. They've been solid across the board around a four ERA, a lot of the rotation guys, but I don't know. We're in trouble if we're expecting Garrett Richards and Martin Perez to like really put away that Astros lineup in the, in the playoffs, you know? Also, yeah. I just want to say we don't play them for the rest of the season, so that's good. Unless we oh. unless we made the playoffs, so we won't be seeing them at all for the rest of the regular season. Good. Get the losses out of the way, build up the wins, and then build up the confidence to go into a series in October against the Astros. Great. Check. Um, okay. But anyways, so we're, so we're good on that, right? So we think it could be okay depending on how it plays out the rest of the year. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Final topic for the night. I know it's very early. It's only June 10th, but we can still talk about this because in a month it's going to be coming around the corner. Trade deadline talk. The Red Sox could be buyers at the deadline because they could be trying to V for that playoff spot or maybe even the division. We don't know. But here's the thing, and I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Mike Gilligan, our guest, came up with this. He came up with some names. So, Gilly, I want you to fire off some names for us and tell us if you think they're feasible and if we think that maybe they could fit in somewhere down the line for the Red Sox. Okay. Okay. I'll, you know what? I'll start from the top in terms of who I would expect to be like the hot big ticket names that are tossed around the trade deadline. Do it. Uh, up. Max Scherzer, obviously the stud pitcher, the ace of the nationals. He's approaching free agency. 
Maybe they'll try to bring him back. He actually has looked really good this year. I thought he was going to have a down year in terms of fantasy baseball. I was not really looking at him too hard, but he's he's really his strikeout numbers are still up there. What do you think? Is it is it worth it? Does it make sense? Do we need that de facto ace just in case Chris Sale is not back? What's it, what's his contract situation? Uh, well, he's it's expiring after this year, so this is his final final year of the contract, and he's going to be a free agent. Um, you, you, you need to be very close to first place. Like you need to be less than four games out of first place if you're going to pull a move like that. In my opinion, but I would love Max Scherzer, especially the fact that he's a righty. Give me that all day because the Red Sox have a surplus of lefties in the starting rotation. <laughs> give me another. True. Give me another right-handed starter. Can you imagine Man Max in this rotation? Oh my god, I would love that. But the only thing that like concerns me is like who we send down and who like who we use in the bullpen because we already have our starters, um, especially with Sale coming back. So, but you know what? Give me Max Scherzer all day. I would love that. Well, can I just ask you guys that? Like, what would you do with like who would you like send down or like move to the bullpen then if we got Scherzer? That's it would probably be. I think it would either be Perez or it would have to be Pavetta. I I, I think that's the only options. I feel like Richards has like finally found his game too, and he's been pretty solid as well. Yeah, it's it, there again. There'd be a lot of shuffling, but Max Scherzer is a name. Would love the name. I don't think it's going to happen. So probably just. What, what about Evaldi though? In terms of bumping him back to the bullpen for the playoffs, would you? I I don't know. I, he's been he's been solid this year, but it's not like he's really been. I wouldn't say dominant. You know what I mean? And I not that I, I'm not in love with Richards, Bavetta, and Martin Perez, and even Erod. To like, okay, that's the guy who's going to start the game two of a playoff series. That kind of scares me, to be honest with you. But. Eovaldi has proven that he can kind of be a force out of the bullpen. Does that kind of make Dodgers sense? Game and that Dodgers World Series in 2018. Exactly. That game. Kinsler screwed it up. That should have been like one of the most I historic like, series games ever. I'm still mad at Kinsler for that. Yeah, he yeah he doesn't live in Boston lore forever <laughs> with that one. He lives in infamy, which stinks, but it is what it is. But what's a, what's another name, Gilly? Because I want to. There's a there were okay. two or three other names that you had that I was interested in talking about. All right, here's an interesting one, and we can even talk about in terms of like who, if not us, another team other than the Red Sox that could be in the mix, and that's Trevor Story. Um, I guess the angle for the Red Sox might be maybe, depending on how second base looks the rest of the year, maybe the Rockies are like, whatever, we'll just take whatever we can get for them as a cheap rental. Again, another pending free agent, so I don't think the price is going to be crazy high, maybe a prospect and a, a decent player, but is that a name that would be an interesting fit as a defensive um, stud who can who can hit some dingers for us uh, at the second base spot because oh, I don't man. think you'd move Xander obviously. If but if still. if, if Kike's permanently in center field, then yes, because that's the only way it can happen. Because Kike Hernandez was brought in at first to play primarily second base, but also the problem is you also have Christian Arroyo that's doing a lot with his opportunities. So does that mean Arroyo gets sent down to Worcester? Or does that mean that maybe a Royals part of that trade that goes to Colorado? So I don't know. I don't think Kyle Bloom would give up a Royal, especially when he went out of his way to pick him up. But Trevor story is another name. I think that would be very, very interesting. Can you imagine an individual Rafael Devers is there, Bogarts, Trevor story and Bobby Dahlbeck. If he finds his game, like that's a I love story. He's such a stud. Oh, that's a solid infield right there. That could get you some hits too. Story is very, very good. All right. Next one. 
All right, Chris Bryant. Here's a that's a name that that means more to me because actually about I guess under a year ago, I was wondering if that made sense in terms of a Benintendi for Chris Bryant swap, or it was just kind of both guys that needed mm-hmm. I think fresh starts. All of a sudden, he's looking like kind of his former NLV, NL MVP self in a contract year. Ironically enough, he he knew when to step it up, I guess. Um, but he's been playing all around this year, so it's not even like oh, just a third baseman, just a left fielder. He's got some innings at, at right field, I believe, too, as well as first base. So that could be an interesting um, candidate for the Red Sox. What do you think? How old is I, he? He's He's got to be 31, maybe. Okay, so he's still pretty young. Though. I think. I, I could be wrong on that. He's been around. 29. Oh, okay. he's, he's still in his 20s? That's wow. shocking. Yeah. Why is he was wow. January, too. So he's not, he's not, yeah, until next year, he's not 30. That's wild. Okay. All right. So if that's the case with Chris Bryant, I think you bring him in. But here's the thing. It could slow down the uh, the development of somebody like Jaron Duran that could come up potentially as a September call up, because if you throw you throw Bryant in left field, Verdugo's probably moving over to center, and then who's playing right field? That's Renfro. what Hunter Renfro, who's been throwing out runners left and right. So you Cannon. create a little bit, and Franchi Cordero's hitting above four hundred in Worcester, so he's going to get called back up soon. So there's there's a surplus of outfielders. If you're gonna do if you're gonna make a trade for Chris Bryant, do it but you're going to have to give up an outfielder or two to create the room. See, like, I would be okay moving Franchi, but you, just get, you would trade him for Andrew Benatendi. I really don't think you want to trade him again, especially since, like, we saw what he can do. Like, I know he's strong during his time here, but that bomb against Philadelphia was a moonshot. Like, if they can – I was there get- for that. That was a- – that almost went out of the ballpark. Yeah, that was – I'm like, like, wow, he just crushed that ball. But, yeah, um, I'd be okay with Chris Bryant, but depending on when you trade for him, that's – Al, you brought up a good point. Like, that's eh, – I don't know. I would love to have a guy like him on the team, but, like, it all depends on where you're giving up for him to get him. Okay. I think you had one more name, right, Gilly? Yeah. Our, an old friend. This, this name might ring a bell. He's had a, kind of a, a career revitalization. Um, since leaving the Red Sox, or uh, it took a little bit of time to be fair. Craig Kimbrell, pass. What? Pass. 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 He's looked good. He's pass. looked good. We need back into the bullpen help. We pass. probably do. Next, qu- next question. Pass. Really? You're yes. you're that much of an anti. Oh, see, I I was so mad when they didn't pay him. To be honest with you, I think I, even it would have been worth it. To be honest with you, of just like having we had to deal with so many questions. Sure, Matt Barnes has kind of worked out as of late last year and this year, but still, Kimbrel's a Hall of Fame closer, or at least close to it. Um, I I'm a bit skeptical. I don't know. I can't, I don't have a yes or no because yes, we he's a good closer. He's one of the best of all time, like during his era. But ugh, I don't know. Like, did he have a really bad year last year? I know 2020 was an awful year for all of us. I get it. it was a weird year. Thank God it's over. But I don't know. Do you want to take that chance when Barnes is? I get it. He's playing for a career, a contract. He, we don't know what's going to happen if they resign him. We don't know what's going to happen in the future, no matter what. True. The one thing I will, I'll just add on real quick is I would be a little skeptical of what the dynamic would be, right? Because that's got to be tough, like trading for Kimbrel to come back and having him be like the second fiddle to Matt Barnes. That'd be kind of weird. 
a lot of, and I know the bullpen's kind of been shaken up since he left, but like maybe that's just too weird for, for the team to kind of be like, hey, Kimbrel, welcome back. Now you're the setup guy. Barnes is our guy now. That's kind of weird, right? I don't know. So maybe that's not a good fit, but I, I, I just have a soft spot for it. Kimbrel. Will, it will, you know what, though? If you have a bullpen of Avino, let's, this is like a hypothetical. Avino getting the seventh. And either Kimbrough or Barnes get in the eighth or ninth. Then you can you cannot put Kimbrough in the eighth inning. He can't do it. He's proven. Yes, he you can't. Can. No, he you can't. Gilly, he has. Look at his numbers this year. He's been a stud. Oh, his velocity is back up. That's the thing. That's the difference. Like he was, he was kind of a mess for a little while there. Velocity kind of dipped, and then it, it's kind of back up. And now all of a sudden, he's getting guys out. Al, I don't know what to tell you. Look at this. Uh... Almost 15 Ks per nine, less than three walks per nine. Woo. I don't isn't, know, man. Isn't the NL like kind of weak too, though? Like, there's not like a you have Dodgers. He's I'm got the ERA of zero point seven two. Well, let's say you put him against this Astros lineup. Like, I want to say that's fair. That's fair. That. It's probably beating up the Pirates out there. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I'm just saying. I I haven't to be honest with you, Gilly. I haven't seen that much this year, so I'm just going like what I know. So don't. I'm not gonna argue don't against because I don't really know that much about it, but. That's why I'm, I'm like, a Kimbrel eh. defender. I'm sorry. I just love Kimbrel. It's all good. I love it. <laughs> I, I respect it. You're, you're a Kimbrel guy. Listen, I, I loved Craig Kimbrel when he was here. I really did. I know that sounds hard to believe with my previous argument, but I just think that when it was time to move on, it was time to move on. So it would be a situation where, you know, if you brought him back in, I just don't know, especially with the year Matt Barnes is having, and you're probably going to re-sign him in the offseason, I would think, especially after the year he's having this year. So, I mean, I just don't know where the fit would be there. So that's why I said hard pass because it just doesn't seem like now there's a fit for him. Gave me a lot of heart attacks too in 2018. Just saying. Yeah, Yeah, he was uh, known for giving people heart attacks and making sure that their heart medicine was on standby. So, especially against the Yankees and Astros. That was. Oh, I I still remember. I I was screaming out of my chair like when Bregman got robbed of the uh, game potential game winning hit by Ben Intendi with Kimberly in there. Of course it was just, but the like, Yankees game too, they were up four to one in the bottom of the ninth and they won the game four to three. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right. Red, Red Sox are still good for right now. <laughs> Thalamora hopefully will be back soon. Chris sale will hopefully be back soon. Maybe there's some trade candidates down the line. Red Sox can beat the Astros in the playoffs. We'll see what happens. Gilly, you want to plug your socials really quick for people that want to find you or your socials. podcast? Sure, sure. Uh, you can you can find me at uh, at Small Stake Takes on Twitter. Um, again, the number one podcast in Rhode Island. Um, self-proclaimed, but you know what? Until someone else calls us out for it, we're going to hold out the title. Um, as well as at Big Gilly on every social media. That's a fun fact. I have a stronghold of Big Gilly across almost any relevant social media platform. Gilly, I, love it. I love that. I get in early and I take it over. I don't know why. I keep going towards it. I should do something different, but that's right. Make sure to check out Mike Gilligan's podcast, Small State Big Takes, and Verbally Committed on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. Please go give those a follow on Twitter and give those a listen and a rate and subscription. Rate and subscribe to the Into the Triangle podcast. Obviously, we're on all the major platforms as well. Gilly, thank you for coming on with us first time. Hopefully, not the last time either. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. Of course. Zach? Hell? Yeah, you're all right. Yeah, um, I, get, I get that a lot. All right. But 
we will be back next week. Hopefully, Jared will be back next week. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, the Red Sox will be winning ball games and they'll be competing still for the AL East with the Rays. We'll see what happens. But nothing else. Thank you for listening. Rate and subscribe. And we'll see you for episode 50 very soon. Go Red Sox.